Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song alphabetically from 7 to Y. Eventually. But sometimes we have to get to the end before we turn around again. And right now it feels like we've been running in one direction for five years. Um, almost like we're running away from something. But I don't know what it is. But joining me tonight, I have Aaron, Betsy, and Heidi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello! <laughs> oh my gosh, I just turned it into 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Thus spake Zarathustra. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. No, no, I wasn't. I was Worked like, really well. da, 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 da. I thought I thought I thought that was intentional. I thought you were going there, so I was I was I was right with I was right with it. <laughs> and as you can hear, we have the prodigal the prodigal son who ran away <laughs> to have his own musical career, and sometimes turns and stays. Jeff Whitmire. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How are you, Jeff? <laughs> so good to see you, Jeff. Good to so see you. Um, so tonight we have a guest joining us. Um, the only person that has bought one of our shirts. Hey! <laughs> if I'd known, I would have worn mine. Thank you for your purchase. <laughs> he didn't no. wear his, so okay, you know it's fair. only fair. I had a beat one. Oh, by the way, I am. I was gonna say, yeah. Here, so. It's like Superman. He opens it up. <laughs> 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 oh. Um, welcome, Brett, Brent Henry. Brent Henry, Brent Henry. Welcome, Brent. John Henry's a twin brother. Who knows? <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's the Canadian you could, version. You could of drum John. against a drum machine and you'd be like John Henry, but the musical version. Exactly. <laughs> so Brent has joined us, <laughs> yeah. ha has just started listening to our, our podcast and you've already gotten up through almost to 90. Is 99, that right? 99. I'm hit, just hit 99. My apologies. But 99 <laughs> listens it. <laughs> Unfortunately, Brent is about to go through the dark ages where we where it was just Aaron and I and sometimes just me. Wow, I don't even know which episode yeah. did I start with. I think I started with intermittently, but I don't know the numbers. I just know the Yeah, I was gonna say you were around the you guys are each around the 150 mark somewhere. Oh, great. Yay. When I felt you really needed a women's voice. Yes, we really did. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, so, Brent, how did you come to BNL? So I came to BNL as I it was about uh, around 2000. We just moved from, uh, I was in the military, so I was posted from uh, New Brunswick to, or sorry, Kingston to uh, Edmonton. So just outside of Edmonton. So we just moved in. I know there's some stuff sitting around. And, and one of my kids, the youngest boy, uh, like, I just, I remember seeing this CD, like, Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, I've heard about them. And it was Gordon. And I basically stole his CD, never to be seen again. So I started with Gordon, and then I just started working my way through. So very quickly, through all the different albums. As I said, love the stuff that I heard. I'd heard about them, and I'd seen the videos and stuff when I was, you know, when I was a, I'm a, I think I'm a little bit older. I'm a, I know I'm a bit older than the members of the band. So I sort of, uh, you know, I was in probably my 20s when they were starting to go. And I'd seen videos, and oh, okay, this, I don't mind this stuff. Uh, watching much music back in the day when it was still much music 
And yeah, I liked the stuff and then I started going more. <laughs> but so when I was 47, I had a midlife crisis, so I bought a motorcycle. And what do you like to do when you're on a motorcycle? Listen to music. So I, uh, my favorite drive, my favorite, one of my favorite memories is I drove from Edmonton to Kamloops. It's about almost 900 kilometers. And I listened to nothing but bare naked lady stuff cycling through. And on the way back, I just basically, every album that I hadn't listened to on the way there, I listened back and then I cycled through them again. Nice. So that's how I came to the band. Nice. Cycled through. <laughs> yeah, my phone was intentional. Oh. But the best part about it is my, my uh, stepson, I think he was probably like 17 at the time. And now like the kids, my my stepkids are like six and nine. And now they're like 37 and 40. But the youngest one, like the young 37 year old, uh, him and I, we actually go to the concert. So I have pictures. I got pictures somewhere, but we have pictures like we, we go, you know, we go to see the band. We used to do the VIP where you could actually have your picture taken with him. And we would, we have a, my, hmm. one of my favorite pictures is my picture with him and I with the band. Nice. Wow. Nice. That's wonderful. Brent, you were actually telling me a really cool story just before everyone else got on as well about an experience that I know no one here got to experience, but you did. I did. So, yes, I was starting the story about um, there's some irony here because I remember sitting with my wife. We have a nice library that we sit and relax. We're reading a book. And then one day it hit me. I was reading something. I said, you know, I don't know why the Bare Naked Ladies have never been inducted to the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. That was Saturday. On Sunday, it was announced <laughs> that they were being inducted to the Hall of Fame. So one of the things hey, we, um, so we were also thinking sorry. about where we were going to go for, like, we are going to do some sort of, you know, it was like probably minus 30 outside. So we wanted to go on, a like, a warm holiday. <laughs> so I said to my wife, I said, hey, you know, she said, well, you want to go to Mexico, but I have a better idea. Let's go spend a week in, in Victoria, which is not far from Vancouver. Um, you can see your dad for a week, and then on the weekend we'll go see the like this in, the uh, ceremony because I've never seen the band all five of them play together. This will be the only time it's ever going to happen. So she's oh yeah, so, okay. You know what? I'll indulge you. I'll let you do it. The part where I really scored was when we started looking at tickets, and I said, well, okay, you can we can sit at the back. The cheap seats were like a hundred bucks or something. And then as you she's well, what are you thinking? It's well, you know, this is a go big or go home moment. So I want to go big. Mm -hmm really big so basically we ended up buying really good tickets they were they were expensive but um as i was uh, saying to tracy i knew they were really good tickets when we when everybody was seated i looked directly across like kind of <clears> on <throat> the surface whatever and in the same seats that i was in tyler you know jim all the, wow. all the Naked, they're there <laughs> and they're there and Stephen was sitting somewhere else but they were there and then um as we were doing the awards at the ceremony, we basically had to stand up to let people go by and get their awards on the stage because we were that close to the stage. Wow. That's a, an incredibly appropriate story given the uh, thematic <laughs> content of tonight's song. And, uh, you know what? I, I, I had to be here for this one because I know yeah, cool. saying, everything I've read, everything I felt that, yeah, this is the one. <laughs> yeah. Did you catch like the dollars yep, got, that they're throwing? I got some of the dollars again? somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. No. I would frame that. <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the band and Steven since. And actually, what's really good is I got them to sign some stuff as well. So <laughs> it was really cool. Wow. That is amazing. So I just want to test something, Brent, because you said that you had said, uh, "Hey, I wonder why." BNL had never been inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame, <laughs> and then the next day they were. Could you just say out loud, I wonder why Aaron Becker has never won the Powerball? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like I said, because like, remember I, as I, I was saying, up before we started, I was telling Aaron, like, uh, my youngest brother, the traitor of the family, he married an American woman, so he actually lives in Pennsylvania. So we, we you know, will split on Powerball stuff, but I, I can't jinx our mojo here, just in case. <laughs> oh, fair, fair. 
I wonder there. why the second child has never gotten yeah. any award. <laughs> True. That comes with a you know five million dollar price tag. Yeah. Yep. Yes, preferably a cash prize. <laughs> yeah. I'll win the Nobel Peace Prize this <laughs> randomly. All right. So as you could tell from the jokes that we were making earlier, and from our little insinuation that we just made there, we're discussing one of the most controversial songs that BNL has ever recorded. Uh, you run away. You run away. You could turn and stay, but you run. But my question to wonderful Aaron, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to knock this out of the park. What album did oh, yeah. this come from? So I am quite confident <laughs> that this is all in good time. <laughs> and if it's not, then it's a really delayed reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just processing now. I, I you are right, absolutely yes. correct. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> this was the lead single off this album. So, and it was the lead song on this album. And this was the song that they presented to everyone before they released the album. This is the, we are now a four piece. By the way, this represents us. It was a strong statement, to say the least. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's not, <laughs> not much ambiguity there. And not only that, but when they put out their, uh, it's almost like a greatest hits album part two, but repeating part one called Hits from Yesterday and the Day Before, they put this song on it. It feels like a bit of a slap in the face. <laughs> it's, a, it's definitely an underscore, I would say. <laughs> uh, Aaron, you have any guess who wrote the song? <laughs> <laughs> Andy came back and wrote it. <laughs> I know what rejection feels like. <laughs> oh, oh, come on! Well, so did Steven Suppose I'm not sure. I don't know the details, but yeah, uh, I yeah. Know, I, was, I would say I would that. say Ed. It was, interestingly enough, so before I heard the lyrics and kind of uh, grokked what the song was going for, uh, I, I thought, oh, it's kind of Kevin-esque. It was very synth heavy at the beginning is a little kind of ambient almost um very kind of chill and then of course ed's voice comes in doesn't necessarily mean that ed wrote the song but then when i started to listen to the lyrics it was pretty clear this was ed talking to steven <laughs> no <laughs> you don't say don't say what i mean any any time that we've talked about is this a steve song this is the reason we talked about is this a steve song <laughs> Um, yeah. this was the single, um, the first one, at least it hit number five on the adult contemporary chart in Canada. And it hit the Canadian 100 at 25 and the U S billboard, it got up to 21. It, it did. Okay. But I don't recall ever mm -hmm. hearing this on the radio. Yeah, I think this. I didn't. I I didn't recognize it yet when I first. I think I I do remember hearing it 
on the radio, but I, it might have been on, um, but I think I was listening to Sirius XM stations at the time, so it might have gone on one of those. This would have been 2007, 2008? No. 2010. 2010, okay. Um, But I do remember, I think I do, because I remember hearing it a lot, and I loved it when I heard, and granted, I had the album, but but I do remember that this one stood out to me, and I, I heard it more often. Well, what's funny is in Canada, they have Canadian content rules where they're like, bare naked ladies get a lot of regular play in some areas, like probably every hour, if not certainly every hour, every two hours, there's probably a bare naked lady song coming out. <laughs> it's a requirement in Canada. <laughs> Isn't it like law? Yeah. Canadian law. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by an Anne Murray song. Right. Okay. Not necessarily. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I, I think they're required 20. to play this. They're requir- required to play Rush. Um, mm. Unfortunately, they're required to play Celine Dion. Um, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of Brian Adams. I think they only to play Celine Dion. That's east, I think, of Ontario. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, B&L has played this song a lot. Since they have written How this, much have they? <laughs> since they've, re- they've released it, they have played this 111 times in concert. Whoa. Wow. Okay. It's a lot of times to play this really heart-wrenching song. Mm. <laughs> kind of bitter mm. song. Um, by the way, Steven has also played this live. <laughs> <laughs> Which I absolutely love. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, I'd pay money I, to see I heard that. somewhere he changed the line to like "I ran away" too at some point, or he wrote "I ran away" or something. So, I, I, let me get to that right now. Then I will slide down to that. So, okay. this re- was released on February second, two thousand ten, and it wasn't long afterwards that Steve started getting some really mean tweets on Twitter. And so he started responding to some of them and people started saying, you've really turned into a cynical asshole. Haven't you? That was written by one person. Um, Shannon at Shannon rain said, how about some Canadian spirit? You've made a mess of your career and that's your only hope of being heard. BNL is better without you. Um, Stephanie agree to disagree. <laughs> um, oh. Stephanie zero zero three said, "I didn't steal it. I was the co." Or sorry, he said back to Stephanie zero zero three, "I didn't steal it. I was the co-owner co-owner of BNL, and the list was part of our settlement. Glad that you opted out, though." <laughs> like, and <laughs> so I went back to see what he was responding to. That person's Twitter has been deleted. Um, <laughs> so we know who lasted that argument. But so what happened is a couple days later, people, they were really on him. And so Steven finally posted on, he made a joke on Twitter about his new song that he had written called I run away. And then he got a little bit more flack from people. Um, and then his response was, you know what? He tried his best, but it wasn't enough. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that. <laughs> I think you're feeling a little bitter there, Steve. 
And so well, to be fair, they wrote back to him. They said, "Not funny, even rude." And he's responded, "You mean their song, right?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is kind of like I, obviously, I don't think any of us can speak to the the exact details of what went down, but like, it just it to make a song out of it, you know, it's like. I, I'm the kind of person like I don't want to air dirty laundry, you know what I mean? Let alone well, uh, Taylor Swift made millions off from this singing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Uh, Fleetwood Mac, and they stayed together for a long time. Well, Fleetwood Mac, yeah, they're the exception that proves the rule. I think it's (laughs) funny, though, because you listen to a song like Running Out of Ink or uh, Bull in a China Shop, where he he talks about how people don't like songs written about them. And then this happens to him. That's why you say, you're so vain, I bet you think this song is about you. (laughs) Stephen even said at one point, Boy, that song was a low blow, wasn't it? I wish them lots of success, but it sucks being a target. Yeah, but what do you expect? I mean, musicians use lives, just like comedians use their own lives and families in their jokes and material. Musicians use their lives and things that happen to them as part of their inspiration for, for songs and songwriting. So what do you expect? Like, you, there's no... I mean, if you can't write about, I mean, I get it. And I, it's kind of like middle school girl drama going on between the Twitters and the lyrics and the thing and the thing. But, duh. <laughs> well, and, and in a way, the re- I mean, Ed did it, obviously. If he didn't feel anything or if it wasn't bothering him, he wouldn't have wrote, written the song. Right, so the fact that he wrote the song, I mean, shows that he was probably dealing with a lot of hurt and anger and mm-hmm. and all that. It was really impacting him, um, what happened because of his relationship. So 
Um, on that sense, I can definitely see him needing to. No, granted, Ed's, I mean, Ed's yeah. treatment. He spent the next eight years Ed's, writing songs. Ed's about treatment it. of Stephen throughout the lyrics of this as Stephen is a child. I'll give you something to cry about. Like yeah. all of that, like the the yeah. the material, because like it, it goes both ways. Um, there were jabs going back and forth the whole time. There was a lot of issue, and Steve was going through some major, major stuff that he did brought on himself, frankly. Um, and guess, you right. know, like I have mm-hmm. an everlasting love for Steven, and I, 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 I still think he's brilliant and wonderful. But you know, you, you, you get what you give. And there was a lot going on, and I wonder now going back. I would love to have a Ed. We know you love us. Come on the show. Um, I would love to hear Ed go. You know, when I wrote that, I was really pissed. I'd probably make some changes. Like right, yeah, right. I agree. I totally. Oh yeah, I'm sure if he wrote it. I'm sure if he yeah. wrote it now, it would be much, right. much less right. scathing with the the help of time. And to to your point, I mean, I find. But then it'd be like, boring as shit. Oh, you left the band. We went on. Music like, very that's crap. Right, right, exactly. There's there's that, and also like, I find writing music right. to be really yeah. therapeutic. So like that's a good way to kind of channel that the anger and the upset that you're feeling and turn it into something if not beautiful, at least kind of productive. So I, I totally do get it. Now, granted, this could have been like yes. one of those emails that you just, you know, you're like, I, I got to put this, save it as a draft before I send this out. Sleep on it. Come back tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> you save it as a draft, but you don't send it. <laughs> Dear Stephen, hold the mirror, mirror, shoulder high. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I want to. I do want to play devil's advocate because for a long time I did listen to the song and and say "fuck you, Steven. And oh no, he I hope ran he us. I hope away. Oh Yeah. I was just gonna ask him to chime in. Um, have you seen our guest? He was having problems with his. Our Brent Henry. Have we seen our Brent? So I'm I'm going to take the alternative version here though the the devil's advocate because I, I for a long time i did say you know fuck you steve because of this song and like no one was talking about what happened right right and this paints him in a very bad way looking at it from steven's point of view too like you were kind of saying aaron yes write the song it's cathartic it wasn't just they released it it was their lead singer yeah this yeah. was it was yeah, the song right. they went on the face of the band they went on good morning a, a america they went on abc they went on everything and this is what they played as presenting the new level of bnl the, the new era the of giant yeah. f you to steven yeah it was I've, exactly like it was a pretty <laughs> big uh, statement to that be they were fair making. again you they were <laughs> huge big, and they were like they were so big in 05 06 yeah. and going into 07 and yet and then steven leaving the band holy crap what are we going to do right like because so many pivotal songs in their catalog were steven and ed songs and right. sung by steven Shit. Like Ed was not the lead singer. I would have considered Steven to be the lead singer. What does a band do when the lead singer leaves? 
Holy you ask crap. someone who's not a BNL fan what vocalist or what lines they remember, they're going to mostly pick a Steven song. Right, exactly. Gonna, and I'm sure, I mean, a, the rest of the band had to be on a two. It time, wasn't Tracy, just Ed. Pinch me. I'll give you pinch me. But <laughs> Pinch me one week. But Jim, right. Kevin, Tyler, they had to have a say in it, too, by saying, oh, wait, we're leading with this. Do we really want to give this message? I mean, we've known this guy our whole, like, through our whole adult lives. Like, wait, are we really doing this? So it was it was definitely there. They were all pissed. So I get it. Granted, when you are famous musicians, you can flip people off in a very, very big way. <laughs> well, and I think the other part about this, taking it from Steven's point of view, you go back and you listen to the interviews prior to this album being released you go back and listen to Steve's interviews as well as Ed's, and it's all like, no, we just—it was a mutual decision. Mm -hmm. We decided it was best for the band. Mm -hmm. He's, the, mm -hmm. you know, he decided it was best for him, and we're just going to go our separate ways. We have just different visions. And then this song comes out a year <laughs> later, right. and yeah. what a gigantic slap in the face to all of that stuff that they had been right. saying prior to this point. And then in the interviews, Ed doesn't talk about it. The only thing that Ed says, and this is a direct quote from him, people have been reading a lot into You Run Away in particular, but honestly, that song could be about anyone in a band with that I've been with for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I love that. <laughs> I would have liked to have been a fly on the oh, wall yeah. when Ed pitched the song to the rest of the guys. Yeah, no kidding. Like, how do you and then Golden Boy. Process but in a way, it might have also been well, uh, helpful yeah. for them too. Like it is, you can sense the anger in the yeah. in the like in some of the underlying rhythmic pattern. Like yeah, oh yeah, dun dun yes. dun dun, yeah. dun 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 dun. Like they're getting it out too. So yeah. and, and if that is what they had to do, it took them two albums really to tr to move on. I would say uh, four. Yeah, I'd I say mean, they started to move on post-Steve 3. But, and by now it's 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 moving. Like, the new album, I think, is definitely not not that. But we had... We'll see that I mean, you weeks. had two really harsh albums. <laughs> and then where every song you're like, wait, is this about the breakup? Is this about... Yeah, that's definitely about the breakup. You could make a legitimate argument about it. <laughs> Brent, you're here twice. <laughs> uh, he does have a turret. We need a third camera on Brent. <laughs> how, many ca how many cameras are mics? Is too many. Sorry about that. My, my, uh, this way we can cut in the editing process. Really. No, go to camera two. camera two. My high speed, my high speed internet, apparently it's either internet or no net. So like, we want no net. <laughs> um, Which is better than the musical No No Nanette. Can I have one? Sorry about the delay there. But... Yeah. Well, actually, it's, uh, you can edit this one, but like, so my granddaughter, she's like 18, and her favorite band is One Direction, to which I call it No Direction. So when you made your comment there about direction, I, I just kind of laughed. Right, right. No, just, no, one comment I wanted to add was just. Um... Okay, that's irony. Uh, <laughs> it, that's them. <laughs> Zoom loves <laughs> irony. Oh, there you go. We're back. Oh. Your 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 so, statement sorry. was the one statement I wanted to make was yeah just uh, <laughs> I I sent you the, I sent you the post 
of uh, someone had taken a cell phone of that, like the band playing the song for the first, the, they said the first time, and I believe it. And that's a really different sort of version, I think, than what you hear even the video or you hear like the, you know, the studio version. Like he's really, you know, it's, it's this is a crowd probably being paid a gazillion dollars just to show up. Like you said, you know, one of these corporate events show up and play. But uh, he really, but you, you can hear the emotion. And it's like, I lost my best friend and I'm mad type thing. You know, and I, like I, I get that part. And to me, he's kind of taken that little bit of that edge came off in the studio version or whatever. It's more like, a, I'd say, a sad song rather than a slight, like an I'm not happy, borderline angry sort of song. Mm-hmm. I, but but I got to be honest, you know, like it or not, regardless of what it is, I really like this is one of my probably top five Bare Naked Lady songs for just because of musically, forget the subject, just musically how well it comes together. So. Mm-hmm. But the whole story behind it doesn't make it that uninteresting either. As in, same as you, I've read some of the quotes as to who did what. I was actually, I was in the military before, and I was actually serving. I just arrived in Afghanistan, of all places. <laughs> and? <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Ah. I hate internet. <laughs> Why don't you write a song about it? <laughs> <laughs> Zoom, zoom, uh, zoom. It's all been done, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the internet. Have a look at Brent. <laughs> yes. Well. So one of the things that Ed did say um, was, this was a chance for me to shed some of my writing dependencies, both good, bad, and explore new ground. I allowed myself to go to places that I might not have in the past. I was a, more literal at times and more abstract at others pushing the self-imposed limits I adhered to for far too long. Ouch. The writing was cathartic for me in a way that writing hadn't been since the early 90s. It had been a huge and often dark year, an arrest, a plane crash, and a death of my mother. All these things took a heavy toll on my psyche and spurred a lot of serious exploring. I think I'm back now. Oh, can you hear me? <laughs> Yes, you were talking oh, yeah, about so Afghanistan. I was, 2009, <laughs> I just arrived in like the beginning of a nine-month tour in Afghanistan. I just arrived, and like the first real piece of news that I get there is like my favorite band basically has lost my favorite part of the band, like one of my favorite singers in the band. So I was like, "Holy shit, what happened?" But mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, when I when I when you referred to videos and earlier stuff like the Ships and Dips tour, I always wanted to go on one of those. But like you can see, you know, the last time he plays mm-hmm. call and answer and stuff, you can hear the, you know, you can hear the difference and kind of like belting out versus I'm just going through the motions. Like I don't want to be here. So I really, uh, like I can really feel that. But Ed, to me, Ed's version though, that says a lot. Like just as well, you can feel it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. So I'm gonna share screen and share that. Uh, hold on one second. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't kick anyone off in the process. Yeah. Everyone's still here.
see the power yeah, in I, his you can hear the emotion in his voice it's very uh, it's quite moving actually um mm-hmm. i don't know if it was just the microphone on whatever device that person was recording on but hearing so many people talking oh in God. the in the background i'm just trying to imagine playing a very personal song uh, yeah. That you yeah. are like playing your Thank heart you. out, yes. singing your heart out, and then everyone's just like, "Hey, can I get some more ketchup over here?" <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> what? The, how did he not stop himself and just go? Will you shut the? I fuck totally get up? why Roger Waters did that. Now. <laughs> from a personal space. Like that is so annoying. Holy cow. <sighs> Oh my gosh, that is so rude. I can't imagine, like, you know that this is a song you've never heard before if you're there for that reason, and because the album had not come out yet at this point. That that's just kind of always there, and then we're, you know, if you're at a live show, the music is so loud, it kind of drowns everything else out, so it might just be, like I said, if it's like an omni mic... Uh, it might be just more sensitive and picking up the background noise. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it was it, it was a little distracting, but it couldn't distract me from the fact that you could really hear, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Ed's voice kind of waver a little bit. And uh, for me, I always value that. That's what's one of the reasons I'm an anti-auto tune crusader is not that I don't think it has a place or a use, <laughs> but like when you hear it, like especially in the movies where they take people who aren't actually vocalists and they have them they cast them as very good actors but then they have them sing and it's like so smoothed out that they lose all there's like no vibrato there's no anything it just sounds like uh glados from portal singing and it's like ah it's very distracting but uh my point is i like to hear that emotion in in the voice and that that performance alone hearing that actually made me like the song all the the much more so it doesn't hurt that i don't think ed has ever Mm. sounded better than he sounds in this song yeah he's really he's the the right in the 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 q zone right the falsettos the the um just the the control of of where he goes with his voice on this um, it's just, it's so good. And I actually saw, uh, the official video, which is fantastic. The original, like the, the main video is amazing. And then I also saw, um, a live version when I was watching today. And I saw another one where they set another performance. It looks like possibly to the, uh, studio track. Mm-hmm. And you could just see it. Like you said, Aaron, you could see his face on this. This song means something to him. Uh, yeah. yeah it's really, it's up. really powerful. Like I, yeah, I can I see why they play this so much, even if the feelings have changed and it, he's not as angry or he wouldn't have written this. You can still tell the song means a, a ton to him. And, and it's this really was, cool. And this was five mm-hmm. months. After, 
even have left. The one thing I just yeah. a comment I wanted to throw out there, and I'm interested, Aaron, to hear what you think about this. It's that part where they change in the studio and the other version, where instead of going up, he drops down. Now, again, it's I think the emotion drawing up. He actually drops down. Mm. It's this part where he steps down, and you don't hear that in any other versions. But I thought I'm surprised that they dropped that because that's really to me again. That's like a really emotional chord there when his voice like almost breaking up like there. Yeah, I mean it. I, there, there's all. I mean, it sounds like this was, um, as you said, probably pretty recent after the breakup. So it could be. I know I'm always kind of tinkering with songs. The song's never truly done, you know. So I'll. I'll the other thing is that you, you don't want to always sing it exactly the same. So you kind of uh, improvise a little and change things around and sing it slightly differently. Or I do at least. I went to jazz school. <laughs> but yeah, I remember actually very, very quick tangent. I went to see Weezer once. Weezer, we know you listen. Please come on the show. Uh, fantastic performance. <laughs> impeccable almost too perfect in as much as it sounded like if i close my eyes i might have thought that someone was just playing the cd over the speakers and i was like that's they're really good i can really respect how precise they are but like i want to hear a little different you know i want to hear something a little different so yeah it could have just been you know someone changing it around or it could have been like oh i don't know if i want to hit this high note right now maybe it'll go down uh there's any number of reasons why you might on the fly decide to go down instead of up but uh, yeah, it could be an expression of something emotional, you know, like you said, like it could be, um, I'm not, you know, it doesn't feel like in this moment it's a leap, it's more of a fall, you know, or maybe a fall yeah. and a recovery. When you're performing live, well, you kind of see off that. where the crowd's going and where you're going, and sometimes you just feel like, hey, I'm going to go somewhere else with this, and you just want to mix it up, yeah. A bad joke. Well, and you said that this was released five months after yeah. after Steve left. Like, they hadn't released this yet. This was in, in the works, so they might have, like, done that, and they're like, hmm... Yeah, I don't, I don't like that part so much. Let's let's try something quite a little different here. So I'm a bit late, but my Lee Aaron joke was I was going to say if it was a Lee Aaron concert, maybe someone was playing like the record in the background. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Sydney, Nova Scotia when she actually got caught. They had an article in the paper the next day, lip syncing. Oh so wow! Just, yeah, it. I mean, I, I'm I have enough gray hairs to remember the the Millie Vanilli scandal uh, back in the day. Yes, that's where I'm. Hey, too. they yeah. never canceled a concert because they lost their girls. Voice. You know it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's a great work ethic they have over there at Millie Vanilli. I think that it's interesting that like you take. We're gonna get down the road mm -hmm. a chance to talk with to talk about Steve's version of this song. Um. By the way, I really wish I had seen that Steve's version that when he sang it in 2012 live. Really want to hear him sing this. <laughs> yeah, I would I would pay good money to hear him sing this live. I would never have thought he would have sang it, so I'm interested. I, in when I, yeah, I mean, it surprised me too at first, Bestie, but then when I thought about it, I was like, that's actually... Very oh my gosh <laughs> anyone that does that i want to be there that week please let me know that you're doing that <laughs> i'm nah. saving myself for the right moment it's actually really good though. When you're, I'm a new yeah. shore member on his Patreon, 
And he actually does write back. That's the part of it. I've sent him questions and different stuff, and he, he will respond. It takes time. Yeah, I know. Well, and so that's what I was talking about before. Really sweet. You saying that reminded me. So you have this song that Ed wrote, and then Steve comes out with his next album, and you have a new shore. And it is a completely different flavor. <laughs> like, it, it does make you wonder, did Steve, like, go, you know what? I didn't I didn't like that flavor on the other end. Uh, let me write it the way that I wish I had heard it on the other side. Let me, let me write the song I wish I had heard. Because his is much nicer. <laughs> can, I, can I bring up something that like, and I think it goes back to the Steve-Ed relationship? The one thing that you, and it was commented on in an earlier episode, that uh, way back when, I think it was on um, Everything to Everyone, they had a vote, you know, four against one probably, vote about not um, collaborating with anybody else outside the band. But that basically meant, you know, the, the same guy, Stephen Duffy, who helped write some of their biggest hits that are still playing on the radio, you know, Jane, Call and Answer, you know, some of the other ones. Um, and that you shut that guy out, Steve leaves, and then now you're collaborating with anybody and anybody. So I mm -hmm. thought it really, it was kind of like, again, I respect the band, I respect Steven, but I just thought it was kind of, it doesn't read well when you look at it after the fact. How's that? No, that's exactly true. Like, how dare you collaborate? Oh, I'm going to go over and do this now. But can you imagine the airplane really make it related? I know in Canada, anyways, if, if you couldn't play Jane, you weren't, you couldn't play Jane, you couldn't play some of the popular Stephen Duffy songs. Like, the, you know, their catalog would be the radio catalog would be cut in half. Yeah, I mean, a lot of their their big hits that they had hit before one week were Stephen and Stephen. Mm -hmm. We got Heidi back. I had a slight explosion <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> Hi, Heidi. I, I should say, never be left alone. Oh. Everyone be very of careful. I think it's the first time <laughs> we've all been present at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, very still. No one moves. No one moves. Yeah, Erin, there's a bird in song. your background. <laughs> a tradesman. No one moves. Is no there a birdhouse in your soul as well? There is a little birdhouse in my soul. <laughs> Ah, there we are. Nice. Now I don't have to make a They Might Be Giants reference. That should be a How new contest we have. It's whoever the first person to make the reference. Has to be has to be natural flowing. It has yeah. to be natural, right. Yeah, this, I like it. Still, still time for Oh, Heidi, you... I bet that'll creep you mentioned... No! Get the air horns out. Nice one, Jeff. Go, 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 go! <laughs> Heidi, you mentioned earlier a question that I was actually going to ask is that bridge is Ed basically telling Steve grow up yeah yeah. Seems I'll like give it. you something you can cry about I'll give you something you can cry about one thing you should try out hold a mirror shoulder I'll give you something you can cry. Now, growing up in the 70s, when <laughs> corporal punishment was perfectly okay in some households, including mine, um, like, 
That was something I heard on the yep. daily. I, I have heard that. Phrase. Yeah. So, I mean, parents don't say that anymore, right? Like, I don't, I've never said that to any of my children, actually. No, have I ever said, I'll give you something to cry about? That <laughs> don't answer no I, it's a trap. <laughs> no, everybody. I, I think that's it's a relatively a no, because, relatively like, tame compared to some of the things I heard. I know, right? <laughs> I, I'd be sent away to like family services would be on the doorstep. Uh but that is definitely and so that's that seems to come straight out of like all of us that are of a certain age uh <laughs> A parent's playbook, which Ed is included in that playbook, uh, Ed. So I can definitely see that. And then you know, look in the mirror. Like the one thing you yeah, should hold the mirror a shoulder yeah. high. And when you're older, look okay. you in the eye. Like I, this is so okay. grow up. Figure out your shit. Maybe come back. Like I really, I wonder if there was a thought that. Granted, this song probably put that on never, like never again. But um, that that Stephen would clean up his ass, like get clean, like all of the stuff, get his life back in order, and then they would meld back together. I think there was maybe that thought, and then oh no, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I say nay nay. We close that door. <laughs> but I absolutely think that section was grow up, dude. We've all got stuff. Figure your stuff out. Like you, like he did. I'll, I remember the day the news came out about Stephen in the hotel room. Like I remember that, and I went, "My Stephen? <laughs> no." That can't, no way. No, 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 no. Like, he loved his wife. Like, there's no way this could be possible. But I, I, I told my students this morning, I'm like, never, like, never meet your heroes because everybody's fallible. Like, everybody has mm -hmm. issues. And I think that that was that. Like, we, we all went through this stuff. Like, we've all had to carry a lot of baggage you got to figure your stuff out and so just grow up dude like i can so see that and 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 that's that's definitely the message that i'm thinking like we went through like he calls him his brother like and they were like brothers so we were like kids growing up together all of this stuff that happened to you also happened to me and like to put it in a personal note from heidi it's kind of like, oh, what was Jack Handy's Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy? Nobody? Nobody? Uh, no. Love Deep yeah. Thoughts. Yeah. So yes, yes, yes. my sister and I, my sister mm -hmm. is, my sister is three years, almost three years younger than me. Um, she was born in 76. I was born in 74. And she, we went through a lot of garbage growing up and we both had the same abusive stuff happen all of the stuff that occurred to us but she got into a lot of bad stuff whereas i was the oldest who felt like i had to be the maternal reference i had to hold everything together i was the one that was like you know what the only way out of this is college the only way out of this is to get my get an education and give my future kids a way better life than I had growing up all that stuff whereas my sister is a perpetual 12 year old and I and she's now 47 and she doesn't listen to the show anyway um 
and, I and hope not. but she blames everything. And I'm like, sometimes, <laughs> like I can't. I, she she whines and cries, and I'm like, you got to grow up at some point. Like you, like I've got stuff. I can't just get on the phone with you and help you through your stuff. You sometimes you just gotta pull up your big girl pants and move, like figure it out. But that's because that's kind of our generation right we like we are not soft we bust our asses we work very hard we don't take things for nothing we like and 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 so that is and not that steven was that way but still like it's very much i feel like ed in this story like you know what you got to figure it out dude we'll be here like i tried so hard like i tried to give you the support you needed, the advice you needed. And then you were like, but my life is hard and I have to do that Well, that's thing. an interesting line though. I tried, but you tried harder. Like I tried to make this work. And you tried harder not you, to. You tried to just bury yeah. your head in the sand and that's, you know, that's, that was the But I am curious about I the lied. line. It's not but something to lie funny. about. <laughs> So Did he lie over and over and say, you know what? I'm going to get clean. I promise. This is the last time I'm going to mess up, guys. How many times? We don't know the full backstory. Like, how did he go into sessions where he was? I mean, we talk about snack time and how angry, like, Stephen hated doing snack time. And so ha did he really? I probably would have had to gotten high to make that problem, too. <laughs> probably. So you do agree with me, Tracy, after all oh these God. years. Yeah, but, but you get high on the That's ganja. Sweet. I know. I just got back from Jamaica, man. You get, you but go yeah, that way. You don't go on, you know, doing coke. You assume. <laughs> Granted, I don't know. I've never that done coke. That would make you enjoy snack time more. <laughs> exactly. You can make you crave snack time, I dare say. Snack time. If, if I can add one comment, I was going to say one thing the way I interpreted the line so hold a mirror shoulder high. And when you're older, look in the, you yes. know, look, you look, look you in the eye. It's almost, but you know, when we're older, we'll look back and you'll think maybe, okay, this is where we were then. Look back mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And again, trying to give some thought to what Ed might say is like, you know, you weren't a nice person back, and again, I'm trying to have my Canadian restrainedness here. But uh, like you know, you're looking back, and you know you will you will probably see later what I see now, and I don't like what I see. You know, like you said, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm the oldest brother. Yeah. My that makes sense. Yeah. If you hold your mirror shoulder high, you would be looking back on your over yeah. your shoulder toward the path. That makes a lot of sense. That actually, that's really good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a good Way point. to go, yeah. Brent. Well done, Brent. I was I was kind of curious. I had some thoughts, but I like that. I think that's the most sensible. And and I take and when you're older, I'll be able to look you in the eye because we will we will be back on the same level again. Right. We will be right. able to look at this rationally. And what I and what the, and what made that me think that was like like that emotion in the like in the in the first in the first ever live of the song that all these lines. To me, tied to that version. Later mm. version, much mm -hmm. but that version, these lines, that version, like they seem to fit very oh, well. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. I concur. I also concur, indubitably. Well, maybe you can help me understand this line that I've never understood. You meant you made me guess who was it. Well, who's the blame? Who's the blame for him mm -hmm. leaving? Uh, yeah. Add, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with Brent on that. Because yeah, one comment I was going to add is really, I think all, I think all that happened 
is once they had that vote, and again, it was probably a four to one, maybe three to two vote about the collaboration. I'm surprised Stephen didn't leave then, because really, that's I think when he started doing more of his own stuff off to the side. Really, I think we got mm -hmm. an extra year or two out of him being in the band, because that to me was one of the seminal moments where he possibly could have left, and no one would have really thought any different if he had left. You know, you don't want to do stuff that we don't want to do. Hey, you know, go explore and do it yourself, and maybe, that, but that would have left the option of potentially coming back. Well, and that's about the time that he did release his his album with uh, Stephen Duffy. Yeah. But then he came back and he and he did the second time. He did the holiday album, and they they did um, as you like it. But I think he was like they they were throwing him a couple bones, but he was throwing them a couple. Like with as you like it, that was definitely a Stephen led project. Yeah. Then the the snack time and and holiday album was definitely a uh, BNL led project. And I think that was finally the snapping point where they're just like, we have very different visions of where we're going here. Mm -hmm. And having asked him some questions about some of that stuff, it's, it's really clear. Because I'd actually asked him, um, like a question I'd sent him, I'd heard the song on, um, I didn't really, in, in one of your episodes, someone mentioned that uh, they hadn't really listened to an album. I think it was uh, Kath, uh, Catherine said, hadn't really listened to the one album. And then once they go back and listen, like, yeah, actually, I do like this. And for me, that was basically, um, you know, the, uh, not the Born on a Pirate Ship, but the um, uh, maybe you should drive. Like I, initially, I kind of like that song, but once I went back and listened to it, I actually really love almost every song in that album. But it took some time. It took some time to get there. I like this guest, mm. Tracy. This is a good. <laughs> this is a really good guest. <laughs> well done. Well, maybe you should love. Maybe you should love love. <laughs> maybe you should drive love. I you know, I, I would say whether or not that is your favorite album or not, but you haven't given me enough scores. No, well, I need to catch up on that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I still like Back, back, back Time in Room, the, probably the best. That's probably number three or four. Mm. It's top five. What I love, too, though, musically about this song, Aaron, you might have thought about this, too, is it starts off so subtly. Like, it's very introspective, it's very calm, and then you hear yeah. it building. The more it gets into it, you're like, yeah, but we're really mad about this. Like, mm -hmm. we, they might have, who knows, if the, if the second version of BNL didn't get any traction, and they'll, they, they, I don't think they'll ever have the traction they did in 2001, 2002, right. 2003. But, I mean, they could have all had to go a whole different career. Like, they could have all, they, the whole band could have broken up. Um, so, you can feel that anger rising, especially Tyler, where he really kicks into the cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's really, um, it's kind of like that conversation he probably wanted to have. You know what? Let's talk about this. But wait a minute. <laughs> but then you did the, and then, you know what, though? I try, and then, oh, you know, so it gets ramped up throughout. And, and I, even when he goes into the me, like that's almost like the woohoo, it's open. <laughs> like, it, it's, it, that's what I really like about this song, too, though. It's not just a one trick pony where it's, it's, 
it, it rise. It has a whole rise and fall to it that I think is really effective. Well, it really feels like a therapy session where like a person like is like been holding all this back and they're like, well, you know, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit. But then once the floodgate opens, mm. it just suddenly starts to like it rolls. And then once it's really going, it's just like, I'll give you something you can cry about. Like, it's like, OK, yep, here comes the anger. Bring it on. It's well, done. Well, let me throw a thought. Spoken like a counselor. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me throw a thought out there. So what I would argue, and here's a here's a theory that I just thought of, is I would argue that the July version is the sad, and then the studio version is mm -hmm. getting towards the mad when it comes to it. I think he was really still mm -hmm. upset and sad in, in July. Yeah, that makes sense. In, in yeah. 2010, now he's pissed. He's at, like, you go through those stages of grief or whatever, and he's mm -hmm. fully entered anger by, by the time he gets to some of these versions. Yeah. The version no, today definitely. sounds really accepting. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the what's the bargaining version <laughs> if you came back <laughs> well if you look at some of it you, back, you look at, at not the most recent album, you look at fake nudes and you look at silver ball and there are songs on there that definitely have the bargaining stage feel to them and we discussed like Maybe this is about Steve because this could be very much him going through. Boomerang? That. He's going to come back? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, do I a mean, you tour. listen to those songs and there's so definitely some impacts. But, but haven't seen Steve and I saw him actually in uh, this is what? This is April. So I saw him March last year. Small venue, like not a small venue, but probably about a thousand seats. Filled mm -hmm. it. And uh, being part of Patreon, unlike what happened with Bare Naked Ladies and the VIP where there's like 30, 40 people there now, there's like four of us, myself and my youngest boy and another couple more like a Patreon special thing. And he is really, truly happy to be, be doing what he's doing with people who he's doing with. And I just remember why, hey, I brought a bunch of stuff. I got some albums and the book and stuff. And I wasn't going to take it as my wife said, like, you'll never sign that stuff. The guy, he does a sound check, hops off the stage. Hey, love you guys. I'll sign anything you want. And I basically signed everything that I gave to him. Like, this is a guy, he doesn't need, I think, to go backwards because he's already charged no. for his forward. No, many <laughs> of us saw him at a very small venue last year. Uh, was it last year, Tracy? Uh, you, me, Steph. Uh, wait, who was with us? It was you and me and Aaron. You, wait. me, Stefan, Aaron. Aaron. Oh, and, um, and, Tuz. and uh, yeah. what's Tuz. his name? Tuz. And it was one of the best, and it was it was a small <laughs> venue, way less than a thousand seats, I think. Yeah. Um, very, and yeah, it was. Maybe brilliant yeah, and it's a great I, I performance. Still think it was one of my favorite performances his, i've ever seen in my life it was so good that but version again, of powder blue that he did oh my god i nearly lost i my yeah that was really emotional and but it's been now yeah. it is that mirror i think mm. he's he, we are we are all older now it's been uh gosh one week. How, no. how many years? Uh, how how long has it been? What well, almost twenty years? <laughs> how long? How long? <laughs> how long? Well, let's see. Uh, two thousand. Well, they haven't played this song since two thousand fourteen. But when when they really started breaking up was around two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So it's been a long time. It's been almost twenty years. Yeah. That's a oh, lot. They, they they haven't played the song since 2014, though. That's interesting. <laughs> no. So, Oak, I mean, that makes sense then. I mean, if it was, maybe even Ed got to the point where he was like, yeah, that, that was mean. 
You know, so, some of those. Well, or just, or like that was that doesn't describe it's, me. It's anymore. Not yeah. I don't yeah. that was a mo- that We've was a evolved. We've moved past. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think sense. if you look at any band that went through a period, like you're gonna get some some stuff, and then eventually it it, it goes yeah. down, and you go back to it, and you're like, yeah, we both said a lot of crap, like. That we didn't yeah, mean. I mean, it, it's it's normal for him to have gone through what he went through and felt the way he felt, and he's gotten to the point. Where well, I probably... mean, you look at the stuff that that John Lennon and and Paul yeah. McCartney wrote about each other right. just after they got broke yeah, up. Right. Like it can get it can get pretty ugly. There was there. No, I mean, and and we have in the past compared. We've we've noticed how you could interpret a lot of these songs as being about you know. Uh, a, a relationship, a romantic relationship, or it could be about the bandmates. And, you know, I'm not even trying to make a joke here. I think, that, you know, you, when, like you, when you consider that, yeah, and, and these, these guys were, you know, best friends and they're not just, like this project. If you just look at the band, even that they put like 20 years of their lives into to get to this high watermark where they're on top of the world, they are so successful. And then it's going to just potentially all explode because the, the lead singer wants to leave. Not to mention that because of the way it was handled, there was fallout with their personal relationships, and now you're also not just losing potentially your band and your your vocalist, but also a, a really good friend. So I mean, and it's, it's got to be fraught with emotion. It's yeah. not like a low band that nobody knows about, so it's public and <laughs> yeah. it gets out there. And that was before, thank goodness, that was before all of the social media explosion. Because that could have been even bigger and more messy. Oh, it probably would have. Someone would have live streamed an argument from the studio or something. But just like a divorce, if you get divorced after 15, 20 years, you've got the house, you've got the kids, you've accumulated things together, you've figured things out, you're financially more stable. And then, and then you hate that. Like there's, there's not, it, it, it can be very challenging. And then, when your kid is in college or grown up, then you can speak to that person civilly again, and you can have conversations again, and you can show up to your daughter's wedding. And I mean, I'm not talking from personal experience or anything. <laughs> well, well, and to to connect in sort of what you're saying, we've never really discussed this before. Looking at it, like we talk about the band and the and their relationships. What we never really talk about though is at the same time Steve was going through his divorce um, but also not really divorce more of a separation at this point but these guys were intertwined they're always on the road together their families are intertwined how much did for example uh, Ed's wife talk with Steve's wife when they're on the road or or you know Indy's wife or Jim's wife or Tyler's wife like how many times were these guys these guys as significant others talking to each other and Steven's messing around behind Carolyn's back and Carolyn in his relationship has been deteriorating pretty significantly and how much of the other other wives or even Ed and the and other people in the band like hearing that stuff from from Caroline uh, or from their significant others from Caroline about what's going on. And, and they're stuck in this, the middle of that as well. Wait, hold on. I've got it. It's the new lifetime movie. <laughs> like it's a lifetime original movie. 
<laughs> the Real Housewives of Bare Naked Ladies. Why didn't you say anything? <laughs> why, Caroline's like, why, why didn't you tell me? You knew this the whole time. <laughs> well, I'm really sorry. I didn't want to break your Dramatic. Right. Oh, yeah. Betsy and I can play yeah. wives easily. We've got this. Aaron can play Steve. Yeah. yeah. Jeff's got Ed. Tracy, you can do Tyler. Like, we'll, we'll all Wait be tight. <laughs> Frank can be tiny. We'll invite him in. It'll be I fine. Because you, you know Tiny knew some shit. You knew too <laughs> Tiny, tiny yeah. knew everything. Yeah, Tiny can be the hel- the writer. And, you know, after they broke up, you wonder if they used the same tour bus. Did they find, like, Steven's brush and go, son of <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I got to return that brush. I got to return his album set. <laughs> like. His box set. It's really interesting. And so Stephen leaves the band. And before, Ed and Stephen were the face of the band. Almost everything they did, it was Ed and Stephen who were front and foremost. But then it becomes basically Ed and Tyler. And again, Tyler, you know, mm-hmm. like, love love the guy, the, the music stuff that he does. But he was kind of seen but not heard prior to that. And all of a sudden now, and I, I think it's a good mm-hmm. thing that he got his visibility. But, uh, you know, but it was interesting how that dynamic mm-hmm. changed. And I don't know if, you know, one person replaced the other as kind of the best friend or whoever, you know, whatnot. But it's very interesting to see because, you know, they're, they're Tyler's a lot more, I think, outgoing and and sort of, you know, quick on the on turn of phrase than Stephen was in some areas. Like he says it the way mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's kind of like Stephen without the filter kind of thing. So... <laughs> I'm surprised that when they do, like, um, if I had a million dollars, like, Kevin is the person that fills in on that now. And I'm I'm surprised that it's not Tyler, because Tyler has a much better wit and and would be able to give, great, like, have good banter with Ed. I would much rather hear the two of them together around that. So, Aaron, the one thing I'm disappointed, Aaron, just we haven't had Aaron's breakdown like about this stuff, and I, I love that music. I was thing. so ready for it too. Wait, <laughs> oh, but that's because Brent hasn't heard the Heidi breakdowns yet. He'll get there in about right. fifty yeah. episodes. <laughs> I've worked my way towards it. Yeah, he can get there right now. Uh, I'll I'll just uh, I'll, I'll say a few quick notes and then hand it over okay. to Heidi because I got uh, it. I would say this song was recorded at exactly 104 beats per minute in the key of A major. Mm-hmm. And the bulk of the song is built around A major to E major to F sharp minor seven to D major, which is one, five, six, five, four. Right. That's and, exactly what I had. One, five, yeah. six, four, one, five, six, four, one, five, six, four. It's, it's a lovely, uh, very okay. common, but very lovely chord progression. You can hear it uh, in the first part of Pachelbel's Canon. And in particular, I always think of With or Without You by U2 when I hear it. Um, Axis of Awesome did that hilarious song where basically they're like, this right. chord progression is in right. almost every song. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that that's the, the crux of the song. But I mean, it's 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 a very good progression and it can it can convey emotion quite well as we can hear oh my god i just mashed up with or without you in this song in my head Stay, but you run away. 
but it wasn't
Uh, we need a DJ out there to, to go and, and make this happen. DJ Shadow, we know you listen. Come on the show. <laughs> yeah, what was you? I, I want to ha- pass it over to you, Heidi. What Musically speaking, what's the That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, the chord progression, yeah. one, uh, one, five, six, four, uh, throughout, you have, it's as far as form goes, you have, it's not like, the traditional verse chorus verse chorus which is interesting because we didn't we had the same issue mm. last week or not last week the week before because i was in jamaica come on last week um but that one also did not have that verse chorus uh what did we what was that one betsy do you remember it was last time? i don't remember either we need no. tracy for that um <laughs> but you don't have a, a chorus that you sing all like there's not that chorus piece, which is very interesting. Um, because would you call it like the you run away like a pre-chorus chorus? Like, I don't know, because that's the one piece that kind of repeats you. Shush. I'm going <laughs> to break up with you. Sorry, I thought you were going to lose a leg there from when I heard the growling. <laughs> Ferocious beast. <laughs> he is. Mm-hmm. But, but what are you thinking like in that in that? In a yeah, I mean, I, to me, this this song. I mean, I would say that there's there's a distinction, somewhat, in in the feel and in the rhythm, you know, uh, it, between like a verse and chorus. But more or less, it just kind of keeps vamping on those changes. And yeah. I think you know, the story that the song tells is not so much by breaking things up between chorus, verse, whatever, it, it's more like the intensity, right? So the intensity rises in the bridge, things like that. Um, so they do it with volume and they do it with like accent, you know, like we talked about, you can really hear Tyler slamming on the drums. And, and uh, yeah, they, I think they just do it. It's kind of very subtle, but it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting way to kind of just um, kind of stay in the same place, but still be able to convey something and, and convey mm. emotion. I, I concur. <laughs> yeah, because for me, me this too. is one probably one of the most emotional songs uh, BNL has. So, like, other than Stephen and Call and Answer, like, this is one of the ones that I really like. It's so, what are really, we going to rate really this one? Well written musically. <laughs> well, I do want to bring oh, one okay. other thing up. We want to talk a little bit about the video. Oh yeah, the video is fantastic. That, uh, it is. I, I really love what Philip Harder yeah. did with it. Uh, like, the still, the still uh, frames that actually look motion, and uh, the, inter- the incorporating mm-hmm. the band members in with uh, everything that's going on. Um, I did. Uh, I listened to the song audio today for the first time in a while when we knew and I knew we were doing this, um, and then I went back and watched the video, and the video just heightened the experience for me. Um, and I don't know why, because I don't know the video is thematically the same as the song, but just something about it. I mean, I well, can see where you could, it it could tie in, yeah, but it just, um, um, yeah, it just, uh, the video just adds so many layers to it. So Philip actually said when we talked to him that, like, the, the theme of it, what he was going for, is the messes that you create by running away. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, I can see that, is the theme mm. of the song as well, and I, I think that the video portrays that without even needing to to have just, a storyline, right, per yeah, se. I can see that, yeah. Sorry, uh, I have to say the airplane sequence is my favorite part. Like, I love to slow that down. down. Yeah, and they still incorporated Mm -hmm. humor into it. 
because of course <laughs> i really wanted to see tyler in the background with the hoagie though that would have like totally made my day in the background with the what? a hoagie yeah. a grinder a uh a what, what was a it sub. enid was it Enid that he was Probably. eating the grinder in way back first video? Oh, right, right. Hero. Not that kind of grinder. No. <laughs> yeah. You can tell what region of the country someone's from by what they call that sandwich. <laughs> hoagies and grinders, hoagies and grinders, baby beans, baby beans, baby beans, baby beans, hoagies and grinders. So how many hoagies are we going to write this <laughs> Oh, is that really what we're going with? Ah, no way. I like mirrors, yeah. Oh, let's go with yeah, mirrors. I was going to say mirrors, too. I take no... By the way, it, it's really hard, Brent. You have to ignore the chat while while you're doing the podcast. Like, you, you have to read it, but you have to not react or, to it because... It's hard sometimes. Like, <laughs> Because Betsy, unfortunately, has these or great... Be like me and read it. Yeah, I think like any guest who comes on here who has listened to the show before is like, why do they always just randomly laugh at inappropriate times? It's because we're all writing text messages to each other. What's the mystery? I, I edit most of those out. I'm Come on the show podcast, find out. So I'm still a rookie here, so I'm going to play the new person card and said, yep. Yeah. Don't read out the notes. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wait. There are sometimes I'm like, I have to read that one out. That was just way too good. Yeah, sometimes, like nine times out of ten, buddy. Sorry. Oh, maybe you know what, Heidi? <laughs> I am reading your note. I am gonna say that maybe that's why Ed put was, the whole mirror. Oh, I, I, I just assumed that was the case. That was like wow. a little little blast, a little shot. I didn't even fired. think that, of it until I saw crazy. mirrors, and then and then the idea of of uh, how many grams, and I was like, oh, oh right, my Lanta! Right, right. that's oh. crazy. That's oh yeah, good. like that. That wasn't just a shot off the bow. That was a direct hit the stern right. type shot oh, right there. We're going down, <laughs> Captain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So let's let's <sighs> do how many mirrors do you give this? Oh my god, I feel so bad with that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna hand it over since he hasn't been here in a long time. I'm gonna hand it to Jeff first. Jeff. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say uh, I really, really, really love this song on so many levels. And the more times I listened to it and saw the live performances, um, yeah, I mean, we could all say it's uh, it was a moment in time, you know, you know, questioned the re the the decision to uh, to release it and perform it and all that. But it's such a good song. I can see why they played it so much. Um, and now going back, I think you can listen to it and just go, wow, it's just it works. Um, I think it's one of Ed's best vocals uh, ever. Um, I love the uh, the power you're hearing in in all the instruments. Um, one thing I noticed today when I was watching a live version is uh, Kevin's on the low harm and Jim's on the high harm, and then Tyler wasn't in. And that yeah. was I was like, oh, and Tyler wasn't there, I guess, because they couldn't really put a kid up there. But um, and that, uh, but that that flow uh, of the two of them, and that, and I think they switch off on who does which harm sometimes, but. In that one case, it just was so good uh, with Kevin. I love it when Kevin does. He did low the low harm. harm, and Jim was on this nice high soaring thing, and it was like, oh, it was so good. Uh, of course, I'm a Kevin Kevin boy, so the <laughs> piano 
uh, uh, just is is fantastic. And the arrangement at the end uh, of the vocals, which really feels like we were talking about how is this just the gym perspective? How does the band feel? I think that's kind of answered at the end because the band is really all putting their two cents in at the end there and never at the same time. There's that layering of the vocals where someone else comes in with a part and someone comes in. Um, and it's just, it's, it's so good. And then <laughs> I was probably already at my score. Then you showed the live video. Yeah. I didn't see. Yeah. And then I was like, no, uh, no, mm-hmm. this is even a, it's a five. Yeah. It's just a five mirror song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I just, I can't, it's, it's perfect. It's, it was perfectly executed at a time mm-hmm. showcasing how someone was feeling. It, it showed the remaining four band members coming together and just putting together uh, uh, an amazing product. It's emotional, and uh, yeah, it's a five for me. All right. What about you, Aaron? Well, I really don't want to break the five-mirror streak <laughs> because I get seven years of bad luck for doing that. Um, <laughs> but, no, in all honesty, I, I immediately like this song, and I think I had a bit of a reservation about it. It's probably because I'm a little biased. Love, Steven. Uh, I kind of relate to Steven, I think. <laughs> he has that dark streak. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, you know, especially in retrospect, because I'm hearing this song for the first time. You know, I hadn't heard this song before this week. So uh, uh, for me hearing it, I was like, wow, that was harsh. But like thinking about it <laughs> in the moment, what Ed must have been feeling, and this goes to what Jeff was saying as well, because when I heard that live uh, recording that we listened to, I could really hear the emotion in his voice. And I don't know what transpired. And I'm sure hurtful things were said on both sides. And mm-hmm. I have written yeah. the songs that helped me process my negative emotions. Okay. So, you know, I feel like that's pretty understandable. And again, hearing that really lovely um, live version just really kind of cemented it for me and, and boosted it. So whereas I might have given it a 4.7 or a 4.8, I think I have to give this my first in a very long time, I think, five mirrors out of five. Wow. Undoubtedly my favorite, wow. I think, Ed song. Um, I'd, have yeah. to, I'd have to look, mm-hmm. but I mean, man, so good. Oh, yeah. Same. Um, I, I got to go. I mean, this this is one of those songs that hits me right in the feels. <laughs> Every time, um, to echo what's already been said, uh, I think this is one of Ed's best vocals as well. Um, it's hard when it's an emotional song and you're putting your heart right out there. And Steve did that a lot in earlier albums, but Ed, yeah, we had some of that from Ed, but I think this was like, holy crap, this was personal. Um, and I agree for me, this is five mirrors, five mirrors. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm not going to get excited here. Betsy. Um, yeah, so all the above. <laughs> settle. 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 <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi, guys. No, yeah. Good no job. kidding. You, um, you're giving this five well, stars. <laughs> I have not said that oh, yet. Okay. God. Spoiler. I'm never going to a movie with you. Spoiler alert, man. Um, no, yeah, so all of the above what you guys are saying and like in the, the live version, like you can even see like Kevin like like stand up like hammering on the piano. Um so, you know, it's kind of evident that they all feel some degree of piss offedness and high high emotions. And, you know, it really sucks when people 
leave you or give up on you. And, and so, you know, it, it really, you can really feel that it's, you know, I think a lot, something a lot of people have dealt with at one point or another. And um, I've heard this song, you know, decades ago. So, it, and it's still the same pain every time you hear it, but also the same um, feeling of, you know, fuck yeah, kind of, but also, but also like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a beautiful song still the way he's so vulnerable and has like mm-hmm. tears in his eyes, almost singing it. So that's yeah, definitely <laughs> five for me. You had us going there for a Woo! minute. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I was, getting wor- I was getting worried there, but, uh, no. um, well, uh, I'm going to hand it over to you, Brent. Why don't you tell us, what do you think of this uh, song? Zero to five mirrors. So I, I mentioned earlier, like, this is one of my top five, probably really top three Bare Naked Ladies songs. And uh, one thing I was going to mention is I think this is where Ed, he shared his voice a lot, but he isn't, to me, this is the first and best time that he shares his emotion. Like, he really buckles down. And, like, again, that live version, I absolutely love this song before, but the live version that I heard, that yeah. one that I heard, that really sold it to me. So, like, you know, again, I, I, I want to add some to it, but like this is even before we started, this was definitely five mirrors. I go five plus mirrors just because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think how he would get beyond this because, like I said, there's nothing has really come up in sort of either their lives or in their careers that really sort of this is like a seminal moment in the band, right? You went from basically going mainstream live to the absolute height, you're already kind of on the downslide a bit, and now this happened, and like this is the absolute, you know. This basically, I think he'd said, this encapsulated a whole bunch of bad things that had happened in his life. You know, his mother passing away and some other stuff, the plane crash. So, like, this is, you know, this is he's hit rock bottom and in, in emotionally, and I think you hear that in his song, which, like I said, love the musicality. I'm, I'm a, like I said, no, I'm a, I'm a frustrated drummer in learning and training, <laughs> but uh, I just, I love how it all comes together. Like how, uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, you hear in Tyler, the way he's putting it in there. I, one question I'd love to ask them if I ever got the chance, and I'm sure they'd never answer it, is like, what was going through your mind mm. the first time you played this, especially yeah. live? Because like they seem really stoic. I know they're perfect, mm. but yeah, no, it's definitely definitely uh, five mirrors. Mm. Wow, we have don't be that perfection. guy. Don't be, don't be no, that guy, Tracy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> All right. He'll be that girl. <laughs> Tracy rates it. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. What did what did, what did you rate? How's the level? <laughs> it's gonna say zero point. I don't know if we told you, but this is the ad, the episode Ed's gonna be listening. To, so. <laughs> Ed, we know you listen. Please come with us. Um, this song makes me feel, and I like that. That's what I I want from BNL. Um, it's it starts off so soft. Um, the musicality it builds to so much power without being like orchest orchestral. It really builds to the point of you can feel the anger and the emotion in yourself, <laughs> and that's what he wants. Like he is able to tell you what he's wanting to tell you, but there's also a lot of layers um, and they layer the music very well. And it, it does what I always want Ed to do with his songs, which is be emotional right from his experience and just tell us what's going on. 
And it, on top of everything that you guys have said, to me, is it my favorite song in the world by them? No, I can't listen to it all the time. I can't like just like always have it come on. Um, I, I will switch it off, but only because, like with The Flag, it is so well written that there are times I don't want to have those feels. Um, and I, and I, I'm like, no, I can't hear this right now because it is going to put me in a space I don't want to be in. Um, but that's, that's the idea of a really well-written song. So I have to do something that we have never on, we, we have gone 308 <laughs> episodes without this ever happening. We have a perfect five song. That hasn't happened before. Wow. I feel like, yay. Wait. That's never I happened I can't believe before. that's never happened before. <laughs> I'd like to thank the Academy. Who, who messed up off the hook for me? <laughs> yeah, it has never happened before. One of us has always messed up <laughs> the score in some way, shape, or form where we were so oh, close. Um, this is the you. first five. Unless, of course, Stefan comes on and gives it a two. Like, that that could Stephen. happen. Um, <laughs> we will no longer be accepting any Stefan scores because we need one five. Send your complaints, um, too. But no. The, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that you will all be waiting for Stefan's score now. Um, you'll be waiting a long time, though, because... Yeah, that, that's next yeah. week's song. I know you'll be waiting. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. oh, come on. That, that was, was a good one. That was good. <laughs> Does anyone have a direct line to add where they can tell him that this song got a perfect five score? 1 800. Talk to you, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> so we may want to tweet. We may want to tweet Ed and say, you may want to listen yeah, to this episode. Yeah. You may like what we have to say. Although I was a little harsh yeah. earlier, so maybe just the end. <laughs> You'll never see a VR ticket again if it's over some of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Brent, thank yes, you so for much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Brent. Feedback you gave on just those three lines alone has increased my love of the song even more than I thought I already loved it. So oh, Great, thank you. Your heart's exploding. <laughs> My heart grew three sizes today. <laughs> Ooh, that's dilated cardiomyopathy. You should get that on the yeah, You might want to get that. You might want to get that checked. Oh, yeah. Is that that not that's not a good thing? No. no. Oh, okay. No. Well, next week I'll be recording from the hospital. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> Wow, that escalated quickly. <laughs> but in the meantime, thank you all for joining me. And uh, we got one song left before we have to go backwards. And you'll be waiting oh, for Oh, yeah, you will. <laughs> I swooped in. Thank wow. you. Thank hey. you. <laughs> well, you know, somebody else did that they might be Giants reference, so I had to sneak in and do something somebody else usually does, right? Have a great <laughs> night. 
Hopefully, we'll get Jeff back yes, at some yes, point. Jeff, but, awesome um, to have you. I will, I will definitely try next week. It's a, it's a Maybe You Should Drive song. It's a, the last song is a Maybe You Should Drive song, so I should I should definitely try it. That'd be nice. Be nice. To <laughs> I got I got to support my album. I got yeah yeah. <laughs> it's the last the last, last Maybe You Should Drive song yeah. ever. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Ever. We will be waiting. Oh. We'll be waiting for you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks. Yeah. That was fun. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.